where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Welcome back. Jack's in this YouTube chat room at this point. Yeah. I mean... It's turned into a Discord. It really has. A Discord server going on. I, I mean, Mc, McLovin opened things up by saying, let's get this bread, boy. Ain't no way morning drive is taking it away from the greatest hour of sports. This is the greatest hour of sports? Can you name a better one? I mean, I like that hour of Game 6, 2011 World Series, ninth, 10th, 11th innings. Close second. To, to, to Balloon Party. And when I say balloon, like this current one, the one oh, we're currently okay, doing. Okay, okay, well, maybe that's because John Denton joins right now, and as reported by YouTube chat member Droid Effects, he is in Scottsdale, Arizona. Good morning, John. Hey, Tim, how are you? It's a lot of pressure uh, with the greatest hour in sports to live up to. Yeah, well, uh, th- th- this is something that we believe in you, Jackson believes in you, and I think we're going to have a wonderful little conversation here. So there, all pressure's off. It's up to me and Jackson. It's up to me and Jackson. That sounds good. Sounds good. Hey, uh, this uh, this this conversation regarding the Cardinal pitching and John Mazalok's comments that you were tweeting on Monday afternoon certainly got a lot of attention, and I think part of it may have been initial, I guess, confusion or perhaps a misunderstanding when he said the payroll would be the same. You hit the hole with the tweet uh, explaining that essentially when you consider the 40-man roster and where the Cardinal payroll is right now, the Cardinals have $57 million inside the budget right now to spend to tend to the starting pitching for 2024. Am I accurately representing your interpretation of John Mazalak's thoughts? Yeah, yeah, Tim. Uh, you know, when a team goes 71 and 91, nobody wants to hear the words very similar in, in any sort of vein, you know. And when John Mazalak says the payroll is going to be very similar to what it was last year, you know, I knew that would go over like a lead balloon with the fans, you know. But you have to consider that they were projected to have a payroll close to $200 million last year. It was going to be the first time ever they were going to get close to that. Uh, it was going to be the highest payroll in history. Well, things went bad. They've traded all five pitchers at the deadline. They didn't add at the, at the deadline. You know, usually they're buyers at the deadline instead of sellers. So that, that payroll ended up coming in at like a 176. But, you know, if you look at maybe getting close to 200 again, that gives them 57 million. Um, you know, they, they may not be in the market for the guys that the fans want because, you know, John Mazalek said multiple times on Monday when he talked to us, we need volume. I mean, they're not a team that needs. They're not a team that's one pitcher away. They're a team that's two starters at least away and two bullpen arms away. So they have to use their money uh, to fill a lot of spots. They can't go out and throw thirty-five, forty million at at Yamamoto and and be done for the offseason. Like they've got to get at least two starters, maybe three, and then you got to go out and get a couple of bullpen arms because you traded away a bunch of those guys too. So 
they, they have to be smart with how they spend their money. I know that's not what fans want to hear. Uh, it's, it's probably going to knock them out of that top tier, but if they can come away with, you know, two bullpen arms and two mid-tier guys, they will make their team a lot better. So I, I want to go through kind of specific names on who would be considered top tier. You already said Yamamoto. I would imagine then you also would include who is going to win the Cy Young, barring a surprise, and Blake Snell. Would you include Aaron Nola there? And those are the top tier for the purpose of the discussion, and therefore you think the Cardinals would not be in on any of those three. Is that is that fair to say? I think they're. I think I think Snell and Yamamoto will definitely be out of there out of their ballpark. I know they like Nola. Uh, you know, he fits the bill of, of a Cardinal. 6'6", right-handed. You know, that sounds like somebody who maybe just left the team. Um, you know, I think I think Nola could fit into that range, but they don't know what the market's going to be. One caveat in this is, like, you have to understand, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Mets, the Cardinals, teams that are traditionally used to winning, used to spending money, uh, those teams didn't make the playoffs this year. They're hungry to, to flip the narrative. They're hungry to do whatever it takes. And, you know, the Cardinals are never going to outbid any of those teams. The Dodgers got knocked out after the first round. Uh, the Braves had an early exit. Those are teams that spend money. Uh, this market could be crazy, you know, and, and, and maybe they're not in the ballpark for those if, if the market, you know, goes through the roof. John Denton, MLB.com, our guest. He is live in Scottsdale, Arizona. Baseball uh, GM meetings going on there, and he is giving us his perspective on the news regarding this offseason. One of the things that intrigues me about this offseason is the Cardinals are in such a unique spot. Yes, those teams didn't make the playoffs, but they also didn't finish in last place. And so that 71 wins you made reference to have fans with expectations of the Cardinals really making a statement and I think acquiring one of the big names. And so if that isn't going to happen, uh, you are inevitably going to have a frustrated fan base portion of it at the very least get more frustrated. So then if it isn't going to be one of those Snell Yamamoto, maybe Nola, as you made reference to, because the competition for him from those big market teams that didn't reach their expectations, then does it fall to something along the lines of a sunny gray in Minnesota yesterday uh, saying that they were lowering payroll? And does that take them out of the mix to keep sunny gray? And does that mean the Cardinals start zeroing in on him as one of, or perhaps the they're starting signing for this offseason. Yeah, I found that to be very, very significant news yesterday. You know, Minnesota's saying that they're going to go down in payroll. Uh, you would think that pretty much knocks them out of out of sunny gray. I mean, the, the qualifying offer was $20 million, and it's only going to go up from there. So sunny gray, I mean, you know, just turned 34 yesterday. It's probably going to start at $25 million a year. Like, it's going to be crazy money. Um, you know, Jordan Jordan Montgomery has pitched his way into a $25 million a year contract. Um, yeah, so it, it may not be the, the top tier, but, you know, I, I think the Cardinals are, you know, who, who knows where they're going with this. But I think they think if they could come out of this with a Sonny Gray and a, and a Jordan Montgomery that they would be better off. So Sonny Gray, Jordan Montgomery, and then a possibility of a trade, or do you think then they would turn their attention if they've allocated $50 million then to the bullpen because that would put them at approximately $7 million remaining from that projected budget of two hundred? Yeah, you know, the trade market is a big, big, a big part of this that you know, we're kind of overlooking. Uh, there's so much focus on free agency, but 
you know, I, I think the Cardinals can do their best work in the trade market. It's just going to be painful, you know. If you're talking about Tyler Glass now or Shane Bieber or or Logan Gilbert, but, you know, it, those teams are going to tell us, tell them, like, don't call back unless you're willing to put Nolan Gorman in the trade. And, you know, you, you just got to ask yourself, can we live with Nolan Gorman going to Seattle and hitting 45 home runs? Can you live with Nolan Gorman going to Tampa Bay and hitting 50 home runs? They need pitching, but, man, it's going to be painful. And so my question now is, what do you think is going to get all of the action going? The Cardinals made a couple minor league moves 48 hours ago, but we've seen in the past off seasons one domino had to fall to then open up the door to get everybody else going. Um, what timeline do you think that will be, and who is it? Is it as simple as, yeah, Shohei Otani and then everybody else? How do you see it, John? Yeah, it's uh, you know it, it starts with Shohei, starts and ends with Shohei, and you know he he's gonna set his own market. Uh, he's gonna set a market that doesn't even apply to any of these other guys. There are franchises, you know, Seattle's always been a guy, a team that that pounces early. There'll be a couple of teams that'll make a move early, and you know they'll they'll put out a deal to a guy and say take it now or it's gone. Uh, you know maybe the Cardinals do that with Yamamoto. Maybe they give him a deal early and see if he'll take it. But you know. Free agency doesn't always work like that. I mean, he knows he's going to get paid. He's going to wait for the highest dollar. Uh, Jordan Montgomery is represented by Scott Boris. You know, they're not going to take a penny less than they can get. They're not going to jump at the first offer. Uh, you know, maybe you, you you try to get somebody early, but I just think with, you know, the, the quality of pitching that's on the market, they're going to wait this thing out and get every dollar they can. Uh, would there be a one-year opportunity for a reclamation project of some kind to fill out the rotation if they are able to get two of the, I guess we're call them bigger names, not necessarily, you're saying not necessarily Snell or Yamamoto, but would there be a candidate in that category that, that would make sense? Tim, could I interest you in a guy named Jack Flaherty? I was wondering if you would say that. My goodness, if the Cardinals only brought in Sonny Gray and Jack Flaherty, I just am going to spend all offseason reading your Twitter mentions. Yeah, that's going to be ugly if that happens. Now, you know, they know they've got to do more than that. They know they've got to land a couple of big pieces. But there are guys, you know, Michael Walker, you probably could get him for two years and bring him back. Jack Flaherty, you know, pitched his way into probably a one-year, two-year deal. He's going to have to do a type prove-it type deal before he lands the kind of money he's looking for. So uh, John Mazzello did say on Monday, one of the things that excites him is there are a lot of tiers here. There's obviously the upper crust. There's that second level. But there's also the, the, the one-year prove-it guys, the two-year prove-it guys, you know. So they can do a lot of different things. And the reason they're casting a big net, they're not saying we want this guy or that guy because they don't know what the market's going to be. They don't know what the demand's going to be. So, you know, there there are tiers, and, and, you know, that could be maybe your fifth starter. That maybe could be your fourth starter, a guy on a, a one-year or two-year prove-it type deal. John Denton, our guest live from Scottsdale, Arizona. Baseball's GM meeting is going on. Uh, I have two more uh, abstract questions, but I really am curious what your opinion is on this. How cognizant... Are the Cardinals are the frustration of the fan base, and how much does that factor into their aggression for this 2023-2024 offseason? I, I think they're very cognizant of it. I think they saw the empty seats. I think there were a lot. There was a lot of embarrassment and frustration in the in the front office that they thought let this thing get off the rails. You know, they had had 15 winning seasons in a row, and you know this organization this front office this uh, coaching staff they're the ones it falls on like it ended with them 
Uh, I think they feel the pressure to get it back, you know, get it back right. They understand that the fans are upset. Uh, you know, one thing John Mazzella said the other day, he said one thing they have to factor in was they didn't sell as many tickets last year. So they are cognizant of the, the empty seats that were out there. But, you know, I know nobody wants to hear this, but pleasing the fans is not number one on their list this offseason. Like, they want, to, they want to make the team better in the way that they see fit. Uh, but, like I said, they are cognizant that the fans are upset. The fans have expectations of this franchise winning. It's just, you know... You can expect this team to win all you want, but that doesn't mean you're going to pay $35 million for, for Yoshi Yamamoto. Like it, you know, they're, they're two different things almost. And a, and a final one, although this is this really could be like its own hour-long podcast, one of the things that I'm observing is if the Cardinals are committed, and they said, Mazalak said, that they're committed to returning to contention next year, and then you have the competition you made reference to in the market for this pitching this year, you're going to have a unique spot in which you have Goldschmidt in his final year, Arenado turning 33, and then Wilson Contreras also will be in his early and then mid-30s as his deal progresses. And if you're going to lock up one of these pitchers, you're going to have these guys for assuming we're talking about long-term deals in order to get them to St. Louis. You could be really allocating a big portion of the 2020s decade on this offseason. And you got to hit. And if you don't, you could have some contracts that could be considered albatrosses on the back end of the decade that could hamstring the ability to compete in the back end of the decade. And so my question is, John, how aggressive will they be to try to make it work in 2024? Albeit, while in my opinion, I'm not saying that this is yours, but my opinion, they could be putting themselves in position to have these guys under contract in the back end of their 30s. And at that point, Goldschmidt and Arenado uh, and Contreras, for that matter, are no longer at the peaks of their career, or in the case of Goldschmidt, most likely retired. My point being, I think it's a risky offseason. Yeah. Yeah, you, no doubt about that. I mean, their primes are running out. Like, you know, the Cardinals know that, you know, Paul Goldschmidt uh, is 36 now. Uh, Nolan Arenado has no time to sit around and wait on a two or three year rebuild. Like he made that abundantly clear at the end of the season. He needs to win now. He wants to win now. Uh, you know, so they, they are in a spot where they got to go out and spend. They got to get back in contention because these guys prime is running out. But, you know, how, how much can they spend is, is just, you know, debatable. And like you said, you don't want to saddle yourself into this, uh, this hole where you have all these guys in their mid to late thirties making, you know, tons of money. So you're right, John. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a very hard off season. Everything is on the line. Uh, you know, I think John Bozellick knows that the, you know, the next decade of this franchise may be riding on this offseason. There's there's so much on the line for this franchise. It is a critical, critical offseason. I share that opinion with you. I will f- look forward to your com- coverage throughout the course of this offseason. And uh, we'll keep an eye on what happens with Shoya Otani, not necessarily for St. Louis. But once that happens, then I would imagine the Cardinals will be active because uh, that is when these pitchers will start to go most likely. John Denton, MLB.com, our guest live from Scottsdale at baseball's GM meetings. John, always appreciate the time. Thank you so much for the conversation. Thanks, Tim. Take care. Take it easy. That's John Denton with us here on 101 ESPN and on YouTube, giving us his perspective on the state of the Cardinals free agent pursuits at this moment. Your thoughts on what John had to say? 314-399-9646. Air Comfort Service 
text line, and you're also welcome to participate in the YouTube chat. And Jackson, you say it's like Discord in there? For real, yeah. It's like a Discord server. There's actually a, a groundswell of support for Tiny PP to become the new president of baseball operations. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't even wow. know that was going on in there. Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, this guy's really, he's surging. I think well the the progression the pipeline from from YouTube chat member of Balloon Party to you know GMs or president of baseball operations is is robust. I agree. I like that robust. Thanks. So that's a word that's very popular with Cardinal fans right now. Robust. I like that. Nice. Thank, Thank you for bringing it to the table. Uh, we have the Little Piddles Half and Half presented by Angry Beaver. And your uh, thoughts on what John Denton had to say coming up. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mugginess, Burkhardt, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on the 101 ESPN YouTube channel.